0: are you feeling stuck lost tired or uninspired we've all been there including myself i'm coach des mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur i'm here to tell you that the best unapologetic and limitless version of yourself is yet to come The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Sherpa Way Marketing. Are you a business looking to gain greater visibility online through search engine optimized content? Maybe you need effective ad campaigns to kickstart or bolster traffic to your website. Sherpa Way Marketing has seasoned experts that are bilingual in English and Spanish. Let them take the guesswork away and enhance your brand positioning with their comprehensive marketing services. Go to SherpaWayMarketing.com that's S-H-E-R-P-A-W-A-Y-marketing.com to schedule your free 45-minute consultation today. Welcome to another episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, and I have a really special guest today. It's actually a friend of mine, Shane Frazier, and I have to do a little bit of a backstory because Shane and I just... You know, didn't meet online, which I think most people who are doing any, any kind of interesting podcast relationships are doing these days, given the pandemic that we're in. But Shane and I actually met at Lewis Howe's Summit of Greatness back in 2019, which feels like eons ago, because back then you could just get on an airplane without a mask and all that kind of good stuff. But we had the pleasure of really getting to know each other in the space of self-development. And that's, you know, something that I think really connected Shane and I because it's we, we care about it deeply. It's a value that we is a core value, I would say, during the whole time that I've known Shane is just someone who is deeply committed. Ongoing learning. And so I'm excited. I've seen Shane as a sales director for the Change Series book uh, that he, the change series that he does. And he's, you know, a coach in the performance, you know, performance coaching realm. So he's done such a great variety of things in his career. And we actually also share another thing, which is he is a San Diego State Aztec, and then right. I was right, right down the way as a UC San Diego Triton. So we actually share our love for Southern California. So we're representing our alma maters. Um, but you know, today what we're really going to get into is the journey of life and the obstacles we go on. That ultimately make us better people. And at the time we go through the trials and tribulations we do, sometimes it doesn't always make sense, but in hindsight, we recognize the value, have appreciation and have gratitude for where those moments have taken us. So I really invited Shane to come on the show today so he could share his story, of which there's a few critical, pivotal points that he's had in his life and I'd love for him to share that so we can go on the journey with him and, and get some good life lessons out of it. So Shane, I'd love for you to share share your story with us. I know there's a few little parts and pieces, so it might be going through like a chapter book, but take us to the beginning where, where you know, your challenges and obstacles you face taught you something special
1: yeah absolutely first off uh I mean first off Desmond I, mean, I, I appreciate the acknowledgement and the kind words and it's it's just crazy to to think to go back in time to when you and I had met at the summit of greatness in two thousand and nineteen and to think that in the future that uh, we're actually gonna be here right now and where to start i mean i could I could share so many stories, but I mean just focusing on Mainly 2020 and a little bit before then, and a little bit afterwards. Um, now, obviously, 2020 was a very challenging year for everybody, for you know different reasons, obvious reasons. But for me, all of my challenges actually had nothing to do with COVID. It was all just very interesting obstacles. And in 2020, or at least in that uh, that general time frame, I had seven very distinct. I mean, call them obstacles, challenges, events, uh, life-changing pivots. And I mean, just to start out, uh, I'll try to go in like, try to go try to go in order, but to start out, so I guess starting with the Summit of Greatness, after that, I got introduced to a leadership program. Uh, I did that leadership program, and it lasted for about four months, and then part of that program was to send clearing letters to people to... You know it's uh to either forgive them for something to clear the air if you have a grudge you send a letter to them to forgive them and i sent a letter to uh, a previous friend of mine who i had a grudge towards because he you know because after i broke up with an ex-girlfriend he swooped in on her which i thought was a little untasteful and i had this grudge and i wrote him a letter just you know forgiving him for everything and he wrote back saying hey you know wow i'm i'm so touched by your letter thank you so much Oh, and by the way, she's not doing very well. Um, By the way, she's actually, recently she's actually been addicted to drugs. She's been homeless and all these different things, which came as a, as a complete shock since I hadn't spoke to her for, I want to say four to five years uh, since then. So at the time I was living in Los Angeles, Uh, she, my ex-girlfriend was living in San Diego. And after I heard that, uh, two days later, I, I drove down to San Diego with the intention of hunting her down. And I knew that she would be in Ocean Beach. And since she had been homeless, I I just started. I didn't I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it, but I was just committed that I was going to do it. And I just I just started talking to everybody. I just started talking to. Every single homeless person that I could find, because uh, I had a photo of her, uh, a recent photo of her, I say, "Hey, have you seen this person? She goes by this. Uh, she goes by this name." And everyone was like, "Oh yeah! Like I sometimes they see her here, see her there." And I mean, it sent me in every single direction possible. I was hunting her down for like a good three, I think, four days. Everybody giving me like a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more info, a little bit, like one more piece of the puzzle. Uh, just this one story alone could easily be like one hour or, uh, or two hours. So I'm going to try to condense it down as much as possible. But uh, some info that I got is, oh, uh, she's actually been living in this, uh, this mobile home with, with this, with this retired Hell's Angels guy. Uh, and the mobile home has a has a music symbol on the side, so you need to look for that mobile home. It's usually at this one particular park, but yeah, hunting her down, hunting her down, and then come Sunday, which was the third or fourth day. And I, I at that point, I was like, well, I, I got to get back to life. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna go back home to Los Angeles. Come back next weekend. I hop on the freeway, and then not more than 15 minutes after I get on the freeway, I get a phone call. Because, mind you, I had exchanged phone numbers with so many different people. They're like, hey, if you see anything, please give me a phone call. I get a phone call saying, oh, my God, we just saw the mobile home. We saw the mobile home with the, with the music symbol. They're at this one gas station uh, on this one street. Get there right now. We just saw her. And long story short, um, I finally find her track them down and uh, when when i find her she's completely like mentally gone i mean she's just, she's just an outer space saying i mean i can't even really say all the things that she said because it was just completely an outer space but my my intention with hunting her down was was really just to answer one question and the question was if she'd be open to support if she'd be open to help long story short, she made it very clear that she did not want help and she didn't want to have anything to do with that. She didn't want to be bothered. So I made the difficult decision just, just to move on since obviously it's one thing to help someone, to support someone if they're open to it, but you really can't help someone if not only do they not want it, but they're aggressively not wanting it because obviously I couldn't, kidnap her and take her to a hospital or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's story number one. That was obstacle story number one. And shortly after that, it was... uh, I think it was... Yeah, very shortly after that, I was back home in Los Angeles. I'm out for a jog. And then actually... I just remember, this is, the, this is the incident that I wrote a story about, so it would probably be better if I were to actually just read the story, because since this was a couple years ago, trying to go off of memory, it would be better if I were to just read the story. And, sure. And I got it pulled up on my computer, so, all right. Now imagine this. It's Thursday, 4-16-2020. You're lifeless. Your skin is turning blue. There's blood streaming down from your drooping mouth while your lifeless body is hanging halfway out the door of your wrecked car. A huge pool of car fluids cover the ground and sparks coming from the crushed engine. One moment you're driving home, like you've done countless times, and then in an instant, the rest of your life is changed forever. Sir, you're going to be okay. Paramedics are on the way. If you can hear me, move your finger or something. I uh, I said to the man uh, in the wreckage, with my hand gently squeezing his shoulder and repeating these words in a calm tone, while waiting for the uh, while waiting for the paramedics to come. At this point, I honestly couldn't tell if he was alive or not. Did he have a pulse? asked a bystander. Hey, you shouldn't touch him, says uh, another nearby bystander. I need to get the pressure off his throat. He's being strangled by the seatbelt while he's hanging out the door like this. I replied while propping up his body upright with one hand and holding holding his head up straight with the other. I didn't care that his blood was on my hands. I was thankful that he soon started to show signs of life and breathing after this. Although I didn't think it was a huge possibility, I did have the thought in the back of my head... What if this car catches on fire right now while I'm standing here? Now let's rewind the night by forty minutes. I leave um, I leave for my jog like I do almost every day. Same routes in mines, to the beach and back, four point six miles. My roommate Jabari joined me uh, my roommate Jabari joined me this time. As someone who recently quit smoking, he was struggling a little bit during the jog. And when we got to the usual turnaround points, I asked, do you want to go straight back from here or, or take this other route that'll add about an extra half mile? He hesitates for a second, then and then continues towards the longer route without saying anything. Yeah, my man, that's what I'm talking about, I yelled in excitement. We continued jogging down the dark bike path, then popped out onto the city street at the end and then started walking. While huffing and puffing, Jabari tells me, this is growth. I haven't I haven't jogged this far since high school when I used to. Boom! We look over and directly across the street from where we were walking, we see a car impacts a traffic light post going full speed up the sidewalk. The back of the car lifts up slightly while the front crumples around the post and the whole car spins around 180 degrees on the sidewalk we immediately run across the street to see how we can support. My thoughts on the night? I I never take that route while jogging. I generally jog in the mornings. This was at night. We ended up in the exact time and place where someone needed us to be. I honestly don't believe that any of the other bystanders would uh, would have held up his body and had to open up his airway. I don't know what would have happened had he been left strangled by the seatbelt for the four to five minutes before the paramedics arrived. Although I'm pretty sure this person will survive, none of us know how much time we have. Whether for an average Joe driving back from the grocery store or a star athlete flying in a helicopter, because this was the, the time frame that, that Kobe Bryant died in the helicopter accident, none of us know when the clock will stop ticking. Tick-tock. TikTok. Live your life now, not after XYZ. Tell that person that you love them. Let go of that grudge that doesn't serve you. And any time that you might be upset about current circumstances, find what you have to be grateful for, like not being rushed away on a stretcher for one. What are you grateful for today? So that was that incident. And and then shortly, shortly after, I, I want to say maybe a week or so after that. I mean, this is going down another different little rabbit hole. But um, so I, I on a completely different topic. Well, first off, uh, 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 did you happen to have any questions so far? Or anything like
0: that. I, I'm sitting here in shock and awe because there's so many things that I can only imagine has gone through your head at this point. You know, you've got somebody that you care about tremendously whom you had a relationship with and rejected your help. Then you fast forward to this situation where interestingly, you're in a position to help in a, in a perfect stranger, you know, kind of way. So it's, to me, you know, my question is at this point, what are you, what is your reflection? You know, I know, I know there's, you know, some other things that you're going to share, but what, what have you learned at this point?
1: Mm. One thing that I'd learned is that I handle stress very well. I, I learned that when I when I see an obstacle, whether if it's something directly in front of me, like a car accident, or something with my girlfriends, or anything else in life, I seem to, when others go away from obstacles, it's like I go straight to the obstacle, almost like a heat-seeking missile, just going straight to it. And I learned that... Well, I mean, I'd say that's that's the main thing that I learned, and another thing I learned is, as far as with my ex-girlfriend goes, that I generally accomplish anything that I set my mind to. I set my mind that I was I was going to find her. I didn't know how. I didn't have a plan. There's no rule book to follow. I just I just got started, and and I found her, and and yeah. So that's definitely that's definitely the main takeaways.
0: Yeah, and you know I'm thinking one of the things that I always feel is is a reminder for myself in in different situations and I don't know if this is the same for you is you can only control you, right? So you couldn't control your ex-girlfriend's response to what was occurring when she didn't want the help that you were offering. Um you couldn't you couldn't control what was going to happen in that accident, after the, af- the aftermath, you can only control your ability to contribute in the moment. So I, 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 you know, appreciate just how present you were for those situations. But, um, you know, what, well, I guess two questions. One, have you ever talked to your ex-girlfriend again after that situation? And then oh, two, right. So you, you, you haven't talked to her. And then in that second, in that second situation, did you find out what happened to the person that was affected by no. the accident? No,
1: okay, I didn't.
0: Ugh.
1: As far as my girlfriend goes, uh, I left my phone number with her I told her, um, I mean, at any point that she'd like to reach out, you're more than welcome to. And so at that point, yeah, I mean, that was the last time I spoke to her, and that was, that was in early 2020. Yeah. Either early 2020 or late 2019. I, I forget which one. Yeah. And, yeah, and so those were, that's two, uh, it's two of the seven obstacles, but, and I forget the, the chronological order. I forget if this was before or after the car accident, but very close to that incident. So... I mean, backing up a little bit, I I heard a lot about uh, I heard l- I've heard a lot about uh, plant medicines, psychedelics, and how it had been very transformative for a lot of people. Obviously, there's a lot of people that use that as a tool for you know partying and having fun, which is one thing. But uh, I was interested in it as a tool for you know growth and personal developments. Uh, there are a lot of people who have experienced. Um, a lot of emotional um trauma healing from that. So it's like, huh. So there's one one evening, once again I forget if it was before or after the car accidents. Um I took some DMT, which is the strongest psychedelic known to man. Actually, that is another story that I have written. <laughs> if I if I may just if if I may just read it. Alright, so yeah, I'll just go ahead and read the story that I, that I have. Um, love skydiving and psychedelics. Say what? So my brother and I went skydiving the other day. Meet my brother Troy, a very intelligent, kind, and lighthearted individual. Unfortunately, he struggles with schizophrenia. Periodically having episodes that more times than I can remember have ended with us taking him to the hospital. He's had many extended stays in the psych ward, and despite having no bad intentions, he's also had several incarcerations after his unusual behavior was misinterpreted as him being on drugs. One particular time that I picked him up from the hospital a long time ago, I could barely recognize him. He had two black eyes and a giant lump on his forehead. Dude, what the fuck happened to you? I asked him. I was smashing my head on the concrete floor to wash all the sins from the world, he replied. This was just one experience of countless. In the past, although I was always there for him during his worst of times, I wasn't always the most responsive for ongoing communication and connection. I found it difficult to relate to the things that he talked about, and I limited our phone calls. And when we did speak, a large part of the conversations were made up of me coaching him on how I felt he should act, dress, do, etc. My true intention was to guide him towards the life he wanted since I didn't see his actions aligning with what he desired, but my coaching could have came across as judgmental. Let's rewind about 1 year. I had heard a lot about the valuable and life-changing insights that people receive while using psychedelics in the right set and setting, such as during quiet introspection at home, not at a party. Sometime after learning this, I drank a mixture of dissolved DMT, the strongest psychedelic known to man, also known as the spirit molecule, combined with a MAOI, which allows the DMT to take effect when orally ingested basically making a not-so-traditional version of homemade ayahuasca. Wait, what is, uh, Wait, how does this all relate to skydiving? It's coming, I promise. At first, this was a far-from-pleasant experience after the mixture took effect. Although I would have appeared fine to an outside observer, I was mentally freaking out. Shit, shit, shit! What did I do to myself? I can't get out of this! This bad trip was starting to feel like I was being slowly sucked down into a demonic underworld as the effect continued to grow stronger ever so gradually. After some time, I was eventually able to relax and surrender into the experience, and it was just me and my thoughts. Man, if this is even a taste of what it's like to be schizophrenic, I can't imagine what it's like to be my brother, Troy. I really feel for him. You know, I really don't give him the love, attention, and acceptance that he needs and deserves. Tears are slowly streaming down my face at this point. Although I wasn't asleep, I had a lucid dreamlike visualization of giving him a long hug and telling him that he's my why. The day after this experience, I called my brother on the phone. Before all this, I had previously signed up to do five months of door-to-door home security sales in Tennessee, and I told my brother he was now part of my why, for why I needed to succeed. Not just in sales for the summer, but in life. To develop and create abundance, to be the person who can support, with not just my own needs but all of his needs uh, all of his needs and more the sales was mo- the sales was the most difficult thing i've ever done and was non-stop all day 6 days a week for 5 months success is my duty obligation and responsibility from that point on i started scheduling calls with him on a specific day and time of the week we'd schedule 30 to 60 minutes to talk and we talk about anything that he'd want to. During one call, I asked him, what would be your perfect day? What's one thing that you'd love to do? Skydiving, he says. If you read a certain number of books on any topic, I'll take you out skydiving when I return from Tennessee. I want you to read a minimum of 10 pages a day, I told him. Due to a few factors, including him feeling a closer connection to his family, and having better communication with us. He's now so much more mentally stable than I've seen him in so many years. Skydiving represented so much more than just jumping out of an airplane. Doing sales wasn't just about earning a commission either. I have many whys that keep me moving forward. Troy Fraser is now one of them. Your why should make you cry. What's your why? And and like I said, now my 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 brother Troy. I mean, um, yeah, my, my my brother is so much more mentally stable now. He's taking less medication, and uh, my sister, um, completely on her own, she messaged me recently. She's like, "Man, Troy's doing so good. He's doing so good right now." And, and yeah, and this has been, I guess it's, it's been close to two years now. And I've, I've had, and I've had an hour phone call with him every single week. And, uh, actually I haven't missed a week.
0: That is awesome. That is so awesome, Shane. Okay. I have to go back to this elixir that you put together and had. Okay. <laughs> Before that time, had you ever done any kind of psychedelics or was that your first time?
1: That was not my first time, but it was one of my first times. So I was kind of going like straight to the boss level almost.
0: Holy shit. That is terrifying. Like just thinking about, well, you know, I'm going to give this a try because there's benefits to it. So so for example… Even when it comes to let's say marijuana, CBD, or something that is like common, more common, you know, experts will say go low and slow. I had interviewed somebody about this subject matter a, a little while back, um, and you know that's that's like the rule of thumb. So I would imagine for something that has a has a potency uh, like what you what you took, uh, there's some sort of Unspoken rules and you are just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go all in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. I mean, so go big or go the, home.
0: Cause you said the reaction was like, Holy shit, this is like, what did I do to myself? And then you know, you got into a different state. Like, how long does it take for you to get to this state where you're like, Okay, I'm I'm where I think I'm supposed to be with this? And how how long does it last after you do this, something like that? <sighs>
1: Uh, I mean, it depends on a number of things. It depends on, like, if it's that in that form where you're drinking it. I mean, DMT is something that you usually smoke. And in the drinking form, I mean, it may last four to six hours. So, I, I mean, I don't remember how long was, like, the, the portion that was very, like, demonic. But... Yeah, it definitely wasn't fun. It wasn't quick, so I was I was stuck in that not so fun realm for for quite a while. <laughs> and you know, time is relative. When you're having fun, time flies, and when you're <laughs> when you're stuck in a demonic realm, uh, I mean, it's 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 like it's like ages.
0: Yeah. So um, then, did you ever do it again after that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't do like a, that exact elixir. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that recipe. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like baking cookies where you're like, okay, you know what? Next time, I'm gonna I'm gonna like kick back a little bit on the you know the cinnamon or like the nuts or something. It's it's like you're like, holy crap! There was maybe a little bit too much of whatever in there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> at this point, as far as like plant medicines go, psychedelics. I mean, I've experienced just uh, just about all of them. Or actually, I don't want to say all since a little known fact is that I think there's actually hundreds if not thousands of different plants and different things. But as far as like the mainstream ones, like you name it, I've probably experienced it. And, yeah. Uh, but v- before that, interestingly, um, I don't know where to start. I was, well, I was driving home one day. This was before I had ever really, uh, I think it was 2019. I was driving home from somewhere. I was listening to, I think it was actually Lewis house who I was, was listening to, he was listening to the, the School of Greatness. He had Brendan Burchard, and Brendan Burchard said something about how he had a near-death experience when he was younger, and that it completely transformed his life, and he wouldn't be who he is now if it wasn't for that experience, and I got to thinking, I was like, huh, I've learned, I've heard so much about DMT. I've heard that when someone has a near-death experience, DMT is released from your brain, because, I mean, for those, for the audience members who aren't familiar, so there's the DMT that you could ingest that comes from different sources, like trees and different things. Uh, but there's also natural DMT that's actually inside your body, inside your pineal glands, inside your lungs. So in a, in a near-death experience, uh, your body is uh, actually releasing, uh, is actually releasing a whole bunch of that, which is what makes someone have, which is what creates the your whole life flashing before your eyes. But when I heard Brendan Burchard say that, I was like, "Huh? Well, I, I don't know if I could create a near death experience, but I could just experience DMT, and maybe that would do something."
0: <laughs> so, right.
1: <laughs> so that was the thought process that eventually led to that last story that I shared, and then yeah. So I called up one of my friends, and she came over. She gave she, there's. There's this whole ceremony with like Tibetan sounding bowls and different things. And it was a different form of DMT, uh, which is called bufo, uh, 5-MeO DMT, which comes from a frog toad. It may sound kind of weird, but it is something that you smoke. But um, an interesting experience ahead had with that. It was a very pleasant experience, but you could call that a. So, I mean, I ingested it, I was sitting on my bed. Put some eye shade, like a eye cover, on. So I'm just in complete darkness. I lay down, and it was a complete. He uh, called it like a complete ego death, where there was no Shane, there was no I have a body, there is no I'm located in Los Angeles, and so obviously words will not be able to do it any sort of justice. But doing doing the best that I can. Um, I just remember, even though my eyes were closed, I just remember seeing this bright, brilliant, golden orange. And it wasn't as if I was looking at the color orange. It was as if I was the color orange, which sounds completely crazy. And and then it was just a complete oneness, a singularity. So there was no, there's me, you, they, you know, this table. It was just, it was just um, everything is one. And it was as if, I was everything as if, and also I just remember the, there's just this overwhelming feeling of like love and peace. And if it's, I mean, as they say, I mean, it's been said that the universe, uh, the universe is made from love and it was as if I, I had just become, I just become part of that. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was, <sighs> Uh yeah, so that was a few different experiences, but then
0: yeah. Well, well, one one quick thing I wanted to ask is that you mentioned at the beginning one of the reasons people try this, pursue this these type of experiences is to be able to get in touch with their themselves, their thoughts, their their clarity and healing. Would you say that you had healing experience experiences as a result of doing this
1: from that specific experience no but from different experiences yes okay uh i don't know if i'm gonna go deeper into that but
0: well i i guess because what, what i'm thinking is that for anybody listening right now um, and there's there, there could be varying degrees of experience, right, from zero to like maybe a little bit to maybe a lot, is if somebody were to, to have curiosity and say, you know, you're saying something here, Shane, that's pretty curious to me, um, but I know nothing. So where would one go if they wanted to do this in a way that was, uh, you know, maybe not going to make you have a near-death experience per se, but just you know, give you an introduction. (laughs) Is there, is there something you recommend?
1: Um, I mean, my first thought is ayahuasca because ayahuasca is, it's, it's legally recognized in a number of churches across the across the U.S. and obviously there's a lot of people that go to Peru to experience that, uh, myself included, which is which is part of my experiences from 2020, Cause I, uh, because I went to the Peruvian Amazon for about six weeks in late.
0: I saw the videos and I was like, Shane, where the hell are you? That looks awesome, but it's extremely <laughs> remote. It was like you know some episode of National Ge- Geographic or something where I was like. How long did it take you to get there?
1: <laughs> a twelve-hour boat ride d- down the d- down a winding river, and <laughs> twelve hours. Holy hour, crap! Twelve hours. I mean, it wasn't all in like one jaunt. I mean, it was like stopping someplace and then camping overnight. But altogether it was about a twelve-hour boat ride down a winding serpentine river and but I mean to further answer your question is how somebody could start to experience that ayahuasca is one way there's a lot of ayahuasca retreat centers that are in Peru as as uh, as well as churches um, across the US another thought is I don't know if this is legal to say this but I mean if someone were to for example just want to, like a little introduction uh, smoking DMT would be a good introduction because the experience when it's smoked is only about 10 minutes so if for whatever reason you know it uh, it's just not your thing like uh, you are not you know you're not jiving with it it's it's only 10 minutes and and uh, you know getting into a little bit of the science uh, all of uh, there's a there's a compound called uh, tryptamine because DMT stands for dimethyltryptamine so in the tryptamine family you have DMT mushrooms, ayahuasca, LSD, and so all of those are very similar in different ways. So like I was saying, a good introduction would be if someone were to smoke a little bit of DMT. It's very similar to like mushrooms or or something else. Because like I said, it's in the same family of compounds. That's a good way to kind of dip your toes in the water. Um, Yeah, and then also there's... um, there's actually a lot of i'm not sure what to call it, but um so obviously there's a lot of uh healing that can be done when someone is uh experiencing mushrooms and uh there's a lot of um i don't know if you'd call it like a like a therapist office or there's a lot of where someone could you know ingest mushrooms in a very safe environment with so like a therapist who is like holding your hand the entire time and kind of like guiding you through the experience. So that's, I don't know if there's an exact name for that thing, but that's definitely a good place to, to start. And have
0: a pal, have a pal with you holding your hand. That sounds pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It- yeah. Oh, that was a cool story. That was really, yeah, that was really fascinating. I have n- never really heard anything up close and personal to that extent. So.
1: Yeah. And as far as, well, I mean, I guess moving on to the next incidents, the next obstacle from 2020. So Mm -hmm. in the chronological order, I think the last one would have been the car accident. And then it wasn't more than two weeks after that car accidents. I just got to Nashville, Tennessee. I drove 30 hours to get to Nashville, Tennessee, so that I could do the Door to door sales for five months. Once again, once again, the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah, so I, I get to Tennessee, and the very first day. Now, mind you, um, all the different guys that are going to be doing the the all the different guys that are doing door to door sales. They're coming from different parts of the country. We haven't physically met at that point because we've. We've met over Zoom for like the past month or two while doing like training and, and different things. So everyone's meeting each other for the first time. I I met one guy for the first time. I mean, let's. Uh, I don't want to use his real name, but let's call him uh, Jeff. So I meet Jeff for the first time. And he's like, oh, you're Shane. You've been such a light. I didn't know exactly what he was referring to. I mean, I guess he was referring to that his experience with me when we were interacting over Zoom, but, um, so we had all met up at the lake, so uh, as like a bonding experience, like, you know, as a, to kick off our five months of doing door-to-door, we went to the lake, we were going to go cliff jumping, and there's this 50-foot cliff, at least I think it was about 50 feet, that was above the surface of the lake and Roll, jumping off of it, and, uh... Jeff was, um, he was very hesitant, you know, he was, he wasn't sure about doing it for obvious reasons, and, you know, we're kind of like coaxing him a little bit, like, ah, come on, and I was like, um, if I jump first, would you go, and then we went back and forth a little bit, and I I said to him, well, well, no, actually, he said he was going to jump first, and then I I then I told him, well, don't worry, I'm going to be in right after you. He jumps, we look over the edge, and, you know, he pops up, he starts swimming, everything looks fine, and, and then I get distracted for uh, maybe like one minute, two minutes, because someone was asking me, hey, c- uh, can you, Shane, can you send me that video that you took of me jumping? And then after that, I jump, I get back to shore, and then everyone's like, where's Jeff? And uh, Jeff didn't make it, and Jeff ended up drowning. And um, so they, they sent out search boats. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was the, I don't know if you call it the Coast Guard, because it was on a lake but they sent out a boat where there was like search and rescue, uh, search and rescue scuba divers that were going down and searching the bottom of the lake to, to find them. And, and yeah, uh, like I said, Jeff didn't make it because because he ended up drowning, and um i've so mentally, I mean, mentally, emotionally, I've gone back and forth a lot I mean i i I can't help but think like, what if I didn't say what I said? What if I didn't say, "Don't worry, I'm gonna be in right after you and because because although I told him that, I ended up getting distracted, I got distracted for one or two minutes, someone asking if I could send them that that video and i I, I once again, I don't want to beat myself up too much, but I, I can't help but think if if I did what I said, if I was my word, would he still be alive and The the lesson that I get from that is, um, when I keep my word, people live. And it's really interesting because going back to two thousand nineteen, when I did the leadership program, one of the leaders during one of the experiences—I forget exactly what it was—he said, uh, I forget his exact words, but he said something along the lines of, "When you when you don't keep your word, people die." He was being very dramatic, but on that day, uh, I I experienced firsthand exactly what he was talking about. And like I said, the lesson that I get from that is when I keep my word, people live. And and ever since then, um, I've I've had uh, a bracelet on my wrist to to remind me of that. Um, uh, live like Jeff. I mean, obviously the name is different, but uh, live like Jeff, so that. Whenever I'm second guessing if I should do this or should not do that, I'm always like, "Well, that's what I said I'm going to do, so I'm going to do that." Even if it's something as little as I said I was going to wake up at a certain time, or I was going to do this or that, that I'm going to be my word. Mm-hmm. And and it's really, mm-hmm. I mean, part of my French, but it's it's a it's a mind fuck to think that. On one day in Los Angeles, I my actions probably saved someone's life, and then not more than two weeks after that, I my actions might have directly or indirectly influenced somebody losing their life.
0: It's so crazy, and and these mindfuck moments happen, you know. And we're trying to, as human beings, do the best we can to make sense of things. And I. You know, going back to what you said about keeping your word, one of my favorite books to this day, and I, I probably talk about it, people get tired of me mentioning it, but it's um The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and one of the agreements is be impeccable with your word, you know, and...
1: Um, I think I have the book on my shelf. I mean, I've definitely read it. Well, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. this is The Mastery of Love by the same author, but, but yes, I have, Yes, yes, he's have written...
0: written- He's written some great ones, you know, he's written The Fifth Agreement, The Mastery of Love, and, and and they're simple yet profound lessons, and I think it's, it just reminds us of some of those things that, say, have integrity, you know, and follow through on the things that you say or make commitments to, but then on the same you know, and on the other side of that coin, there's the part that you said about not being too hard on yourself because you have to give yourself grace for being human, for having, and you see in that situation, you had good intention, but, you know, you don't know the outcome. And sometimes it could have been that somebody was there and they could, they could have helped Jeff, Jeff they could have saved Jeff. Um, And there's, there's so many stories that we wake up in the morning, you know, and somebody goes out on a boat and they're going fishing with their kid or they're, you know, and it's just like a calm day. And next thing you know, the current picked up and they drowned. I mean, it's like, why, why? But it happens, right? So yeah, there's, there's, there's a lesson, lesson in it. And, you know, you obviously honor him to this day. So I definitely commend you for, for taking the lesson and, and, um, Honoring him, but but not not beating yourself up because you could you couldn't have you couldn't have you know you didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, Ugh. I know. That was a tough, tough. Man, the, I mean, and you you know when you and I had talked, and I was like, I'd love for you to share, you know, these these series of events that happened to you in this short period of time. I mean, talk about intense. I mean, these are not just like, oh, you know, I went outside and this, this, this kind of thing happened and it sort of changed my life. This (laughs) is like one after the other, after the other. And there's just so much depth and such a, a level of reflection that it did for you, you know? And then there's still a few other things, right? That, that happened after. So then this happened with Jeff and then what was the other things that happened next?
1: Um, so, I mean, well, there was also, well, actually, before the incident with Jeff, when I was on my way to Tennessee, so I, so I have a sister who, who had kind of like separated herself from the family, she had stopped talking to the family, I mean, it's a, a big long story in that I won't get too far into details, but she had, on her own accord, she had separated herself from the family, my sister is on the you know, she's kind of on the spectrum never been officially diagnosed but something along the lines of like autism but a very high level functioning and like I said she'd separated herself from the family and and she has a daughter which really complicates things especially when when somebody's really on the spectrum and she had moved to Oklahoma and at the point that I was going to Tennessee I, I don't think I I don't think she had spoken to me or the family for, I want to guess, about five years or so. And since, I was just like, well, Oklahoma, or, I mean, I I did some research. I, I tracked her down since, you know, she had a different phone number. She obviously didn't give her address to to us, but I was able to track her down. And I and I was like, well, I mean, Oklahoma is right along the way to Tennessee. It's, it's right on the I-40, the, the exact same route. So I was like, well, I, I tracked her down. Why don't I at least give her a phone call? I don't know if it's going to be welcome. I don't know what she's going to say, but why don't I at least call her? And I called her up, and I was like, hey, I, I want to come see you, say hello. And long story short, I, I did. And uh, interestingly, call it a coincidence or a synchronicity or, or whatnot, um Where she lived was literally only like a 10 minute drive off my route when I was on my way to Tennessee, which was really interesting. And and yeah, it was just really, it was bittersweet, you know, it was good to be reconnected, but it was also really disheartening and really depressing to see how she was living in a very, like a home that was in shambles, I mean, like a, a little shack and, um, like, the local church, like, would bring her food periodically since, um, but yeah, I mean, but so, so that was one incident, and, and then, like I said, um, after that, it was uh, Jeff at the lake, and then, and then, of course, there was doing the, the, doing the door-to-door sales for five months. I wasn't necessarily counting that as, as one of the obstacles, but that's, Definitely Sounds
0: like it was an obstacle. <laughs> five, a five month hardcore obstacle.
1: Yeah. Sixty hours a week, literally nonstop. And Oh, and not to mention, um, I mean at times, I mean it kind of like goes up and down for me, and it's it's not quite as bad for me at this current point of my life, but at least in the past and still at times, like I really struggle with like I don't know if you want to call it stuttering, or, like, my words just get stuck. I just cannot get the words out for the life of me. And a lot of times, or at least, I mean, worse in the past, like, I would get, like, really socially awkward when, when I meet somebody for the first time. Like, I just feel, like, the, I don't know, like, the tension in my chest, and, 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 yeah, and I just kind of freeze, and then, I, I like I said, I just can't get the words out, and uh, part of the reason for doing the door-to-door sales was just to go deep into the belly of the beast of all of my fears and insecurities. Like if I were to just sit down and design like the ultimate experience where just just write out all of my fears and insecurities, like, okay, that's what it is. Okay, what's like the most punishment? I mean, maybe that's not the right word. but yeah, How could I just punish myself the most? <laughs> <humanly> possible, <laughs> nonstop. And that would be door-to-door sales.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, you're killing me. That's so funny. You know, but I, I, I do acknowledge you for just going right in there. And I have to say, you know, I didn't know too much about the the stuttering or you having trouble feeling like tense when getting words out, but your writing is exquisite and exceptional. So I don't know if that helps with – when you write and then you you share things but that's a gift <laughs> that you have is with your storytelling so i've appreciated that even just in this conversation
1: well, so thank you yeah thank you well since i'm i'm more of a introvert i mean some people think otherwise but since i'm more of a introverted thinker like i do better communicating and express myself through uh through writing since mm-hmm. you now i have the time to you know craft and cultivate my words. And but something like door to door sales, uh, I can't be like, "Well, hold on a second. Let me write Let you." Let me a get story. my
0: script. Hold on. <laughs> Wait right there. I know I'm trying to do this whole thing with you. Let me go to my paper and just kind of read this for a bit. Yeah, that's not really.
1: Yeah. Not really
0: how that works. <laughs>
1: and i can't tell you how many times like i mean for ex- just one example one example of many like i'm on someone's doorstep in like murfreesboro tennessee outside of nashville she comes to the door and i just can't get any words out or anything that's like uh like a like a, an intelligible word and she was patient for like a several moments then eventually she was like are you okay <laughs> And another time some guy was like, "Boy, you mean to tell me you talk for a living?" <laughs> I mean, he was very playful about it, but I mean, that's just a a couple of examples. and yeah, but but it's just uh, I mean it it's interesting to to point out that for example, so we started out, I think it was we started with like fifty or sixty guys that started the summer and we ended with i believe 25 or 30 who who finished all the way through and there were so like plenty 50, of guys
0: 50% of people were like i'm out
1: yeah and there were there were guys that like that started the summer halfway through they worked for one or two days and they're like oh fuck no i'm
0: <laughs> um, i'm good i cannot this shit for 5 months is not going to happen
1: yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, mean, were-
0: I get i get that
1: and these are people that, you know, I mean, they're very articulate. They obviously didn't have the same obstacles that I just mentioned. And there were guys that who were very talented at sales, like they had lots of experience, but they weren't motivated. They weren't dedicated. And uh, some of them quit. Some of them got sent home on, on quota because they weren't performing. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that, you know, talents, I mean, um, there's like a perfect quote. I think it was by Steve Martin that something along the lines of persistence is a great substitute for talent. And I didn't personally have the most talents, but I had a lot of persistence.
0: Damn, you had a lot of persistence. It's so funny. I just watched a Steve Martin movie yesterday. It was like my blue heaven. What's it called? Oh. It was with Rick, uh, Rick th- Moranis. But yeah, that guy's been around forever. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you quoted him. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. Was there another story? Because like, I'm kind of putting this all together after hearing
1: yes. everything. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are some other stories that I could share about the door-to-door sales. But, I mean, we could probably save that for another time since that's a, a very dense chapter. <laughs> and...
0: Well, here's here's what I'm thinking. And this this kind of fascinates me. I, I know, right, I'm going back to 2019, to where we were, right, when you and I met, and uh, and the excitement that generally, I would say, it wasn't just a domestic excitement, I actually think it was a global one, because everybody was like, 2020, okay? It's coming, it's like 2020 vision, I even went to this Oprah event and it was like 2020, it's going to be amazing, all this like awesomeness is going to happen. And then it was like the pandemic, and then there was the stuff in America that was going on with politics, and I mean, we could go on and say all these different examples. But what I think happened, even for the events that were happening at a global level, or you know, just a a really visible level in the world and in our country of America, uh, where we're talking from today, is like damn, not everything is roses and rainbows. Like, you know, you have this anticipation sometimes, and we do this, you know, of a certain year, of a certain birthday. Oh, by the time I'm 30. Oh, by the time I'm 40. We like create these milestones of certain things and, and life just doesn't work that way right? You anticipate stuff. And if there's twists, there's turns, there's curves, there's, you know, I have to go backwards and then it's, it's crazy. And so, you know, so much happened for people and for you, it was, like I said, a lot that happened in a short period of time. So my question for you is, I think people can relate to, to a, a lot of just change in general and new experiences, but you know, what, what do you make of it? As you sit here and reflect on the course of the last two years, where you are today, we're sitting here in early 2022, what do you make of all of this?
1: Mm. Well, I mean, how I felt after all of these experiences, and I, I haven't even shared all of them, but I mean, how I felt was, it sounds weird, but I, I felt really at peace. Like, it almost felt getting kind of woo-woo for a moment. It was it was as if the universe was saying, hey, uh, we see greatness in you. We, we know that you're going to create greatness but you're not ready, you need, to be, you need to be formed, you need to be uh, fired in the kiln. you need to be forged like steel. So we need to fire these things at you to mold you into the person that the world needs you to be. And along those lines, how I felt afterwards is really just like, it's like a feeling of honor, if, if you will.
0: I, 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 I appreciate you saying that because you know one of the things i think sometimes that overcome us when we're at different points of question and our life is is why like why why isn't this thing happening yet you know why why not the relationship that I want? Why not the career that I was looking for? Why not the financial goal that I was trying to reach? All these whys, right? But to be able to sit back and say, there's more time that's required. There's more work to put in. There's more lessons to learn before I get to this point and that, you know, you know, to whatever that next chapter is of your life is is such such a place of gratitude that you've gotten to to appreciate it that way because you you know one can also live not in abundance and go in the other direction of saying woe is me and having a scarcity mentality and of saying that it's you know the universe just picks on me that person over there, this this stuff is happening so fast for them. And I'm here like figuring, trying to figure this stuff out. And you, you don't do that. And, and I think, and I think that's the epitome, that's the epitome of mindset and self-development and growth and this journey of how you do persevere. You know, when you, when you use that quote, persistence I I agree with that. You know, there's so much. It's not about being always, oh, the most talented and the top of your game. Because arguably, for any of us, there's always someone better at something than you are. But if you can be consistent and persistent, you can have just as much, you know, to accomplish and success. So that's so much of what I take away from you sharing. So thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. You're welcome. But I would,
0: I, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I, I do have a, a few other stories. I don't know if I, you want to save it for another time? Should I keep going? Maybe this could be like a two-part series. I
0: know, I know, I do, I do. I feel like we are definitely, you're, you're one of those, you know. And well, well, I guess one thing, and so I do want to save some of the stories, but I do want to ask you this question before I get into some of my just other questions I want to get ask you is like, are you going to write a book? Because yeah. I definitely feel like this is kind of where this is culminating to but I don't want to make an assumption.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay.
0: Because I'm like, that's where I feel like this should be, be heading because I feel like people would be heads down in your book. <laughs> um, so you should, I, I would absolutely encourage that because I I feel like I, I'm like experiencing it live, you know, and this could be uh, something that is going to teach people beyond this time, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, people hearing your stories are still going to impact, you know, people of our future. But I want to, so I do want to be able to talk to you about your stories in the future, but I want to pivot to a part of my show where I ask just a couple of questions where people get to know you a little bit better. Um, because my message continues to be, and I'm, you know, very convicted in this message, is that you, we are all meant to be unapologetically who, who we are. We're, we're all unique. We have unique stories, but it's the things that, you know, stories like the ones that you share that bring us together, despite our differences, whether it's the differences in our beliefs, whether that's spiritual, religious, political, economic, social, there's a fabric that threads us together and that's our uniqueness and, and being able to have compassion you know, for one another. And I think we're in a place in our, in our world right now where we need more of that because there's just a, so much divisiveness and so many things that would argue to have us be on our own islands. And I really think that there's a lot more things that can bring us together. So my first question for you, Shane, is what makes you unbreakable? The title of my show is Born Unbreakable.
1: What makes me unbreakable is gratitude. And that's that's a story in itself. And to briefly paraphrase uh, that story, it was a number of years ago. I had an accident on my bicycle where I flipped over the handlebars and I landed straight on my hands and I broke both of my elbows at the same time. And I was in a two my arms were stuck in two splints like this and I, you know, you can imagine feeding myself was challenging, uh, using the bathroom obviously very challenging and I was laying in bed and I was just, I was just angry. I was just like, man, it's the summer. I was going to do this and that. And I was just like, I was looking for someone or something to, to, for, for me to be able to blame it on. Like, and then I was like, you know, there's no one I could blame it on. And, And then I was like, you know, I, I've I've seen a homeless guy in Tijuana, Mexico that, that had no arms at all, like no arms up to his shoulders, and I bet he would trade his problems for all of my problems, and there's plenty of other people that would, you know, that would trade their problems for all of my problems in a, in a heartbeat. So, starting from that, especially starting from that, it really taught me gratitude, which... um which is the one tattoo that I currently have. It's the Tibetan symbol for the, the Tibetan symbol for gratitude. I have it right here in my hand so I see it all the time. And yeah, so what makes me unbreakable is gratitude. Because when I or anyone else can find gratitude in something, like nothing can break you.
0: Wow. That's that's awesome. Okay. My next question is what is something on your bucket list
1: oh man (laughs) i mean my bucket list is growing so much and so fast like i've man uh i mean there's already so much that i've done but things that i have not yet done um i want to go wing walking if if you're not familiar with that, wing walking is where you go on. Uh, imagine like an old-fashioned biplane that has like the the two wings. You go up, and then when you're mid-air, you crawl out of the cockpit and you strap yourself to this platform that's on the that's on the top. And then then the you know you're just out in the swing, free air going 120 miles an hour, while the pilot is you know doing barrel rolls and spinning around uh that's one thing i mean i've gone skydiving a few times i've really wanted to get into wingsuit flying oh man you
0: like Uh, the air you like being out there and having that sense of freeness
1: yeah absolutely i dig
0: it i dig it and the views are pretty stellar although if you're going in circles i guess what would you see
1: I mean, I guess you.
0: It would be, it would pre- feel pretty exhilarating. I would imagine
1: doing yeah. that,
0: kind of yeah. like a roller coaster, but maybe even more awesome.
1: Yeah, a I roller like coaster it. that's in the air. And, oh
0: man, that's awesome.
1: And I mean, so many so many things, but you know, I've I've been wanting to, to spend some time in India, have like a motorcycle trip through India, which I was planning on doing in twenty twenty. Uh, I had a flight booked to India. I was going to be there for six weeks. I was going to leave March of 2020. And I had my, I booked that flight, I want to say like six months before then. But then obviously, you know, you know, interesting things happened in 2020. And then. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that trip never happened. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, just lots of stuff. I mean, so many yeah. things.
0: Well, that's good because, you know, now you've just continued to remind yourself all the things that you need to get cracking on. All right. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome?
1: Hmm. A self-limiting belief. I guess in, in one way or another that I'm not good enough or I'm not enough. I think if, <clears throat> if I were to dive deep for a moment, I think one thing that might have drawn me to extreme things in the past. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm still obviously interested in extreme things like skydiving, what, what, whatnot. But I think one thing that was drawing me to that was that I was seeking, at least, I might have been seeking a sense of, uh, like, a sense of significance. Like, if I'm this person that is doing these, you know, supposed fearless things that I must be significant and probably stemming from a feeling of of just not being enough. Wow. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I've, I've worked, I've definitely worked through that a lot. And so I, so I did Tony Robbins, uh, Unleash the Power Within. It was virtual and I have the little thing on my wall right here, which I see all the time. And One thing that, yeah, (laughs) one thing that I uh, had learned from Tony Robbins is that um, everyone is seeking a sense of either a sense of significance, a sense of security, uh, certainty, and from that, I concluded that from different things, I was seeking significance, but what the The, the shift in mindset that I got from that is that it would be a much more fulfilling approach to 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 pursue contribution. And from that, I, uh, I would actually uh, uh, that actually, that I would have the significance that I was previously seeking.
0: That that right there is a big shift, Shane. and I, I think that's amazing because once you are in that space of contribution, I think the, the overwhelming feeling of, you know, all like actually being tied to gratitude, you get to live in that, you know, and, and be in that vibration much more frequently when you have that mindset. So I think that's that's really awesome. But on the opposite end of that, so we talk about self-limiting belief, what's one of your superpowers? What are one of the things that you're proud of that you're really good at?
1: Mm. One of my superpowers is logic, so I have a very high level of logic. Now on the flip side, the, the cost of that is I'm not, I'm generally not very, I'm uh, not very emotional. So like for example, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, you know, I just had this happen, you know, um, I don't know, I lost my job and this and that, I wouldn't feel it real deeply in my body. But I would have a high level of logic. we like, oh, well, why don't you do this or do that, which uh, which leads to like a high level of problem solving. For example, I've I've been uh, I've been broke down in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and I've never really worked on cars before. But using my logic and not getting like overly angry or emotional about it, I I figured out how to like through uh, Google and YouTube, I figured out how to fix it, and I fixed the car and uh, kept on going and uh perseverance um or i want, well, actually why don't i phrase that as uh, my ability to 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 feel pain and just continue like like door to door oh my
0: gosh yeah no i you know i i think there's a lot of people listening going I wish I had that as my superpower <laughs> because it's, it's very easy to get razzled. And when you're razzled, sometimes logic is in the first place that your brain goes. You go into freeze mode or panic mode and then, you, you know, it takes a while before those feelings calm down so you actually can get to a place of action and, and not feel stuck. So that's, that quite, quite is a superpower. Um, yeah, Yeah, that's really awesome. Well, Shane, if you had to give anybody listening one last piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Hmm. Life is now. Yeah, life is now. No matter what happens, just say thank you and... Whatever it is you want to do, start immediately and never stop.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Shane, how can people follow you if they want to learn more, keep up with the stories? I think today people have found that from you is that you have a way about sharing your experiences. What's the best way to connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I don't have a super fleshed out online presence, but you could always hunt me down either on Facebook, Instagram. You just type in my name, Shane Fraser, S H A N E F R A Z I E R. If you were to look me up on Instagram, my handle is uh, Live Now Live Free, and that is Live. Dot Now. Underscore Live. Dot Free. You can also find me on LinkedIn, and, and uh, well, actually, uh, I'm going to set it up right after this call, but I have the domain shanefraser.com, and I'll just route that to my LinkedIn, so if someone wants to, you could just simply go to shanefraser.com, and that, that, uh, that'll take you to my LinkedIn. You could just send me a message.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I'll make sure in the show notes... Anything that you provide me with will be there. So if people are listening to this episode and they're one of those that, you know, you're driving or something and you can't take down, you can always check your phone later and look at the show notes and click on the links that are available. But, you know, I I appreciate you just taking a nice little chunk out of your day to just shoot the breeze with me, share your story stories, plural, and, and just be vulnerable, you know, because I really do believe that it's those, the moments just like this where we can share and, and put the things that we've experienced out there into the universe, um, it, it it brings us back, like I said, to humanity and every every story matters and, and you never know the kind of impact that it makes on people. So I think these types of moments are very important. I just wanna thank you for for being vulnerable with me today.
1: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. You're welcome.
0: Awesome. We'll do it again soon, my friend. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) All right. See you soon. See
0: ya. Episode 75. Holy crap, 75. That's a lot of episodes. I'm pretty proud of this moment right now. Let me just take a minute to embrace that for a second. Shane Frazier. So I had a friend come on the show today and do something a little different, you know, talk about life, just straight up the obstacles that we face. And what I found fascinating and why I wanted to have Shane on the show was he experienced so much in a limited period of time. And it was during this this period where so much was culminating of, of people globally thinking 2020 is going to be the year where, you know, these awakenings and these, this clarity with vision is going to happen. It's going to be so awesome. And, and a lot of crazy shit happened that year from the pandemic to politics in America and beyond. And personally, a lot of people were experiencing things that were helping them to grow, reflect, think differently, get outside of their comfort zone. And that happened tremendously for Shane. So I was talking a little bit to him after the the, the episode interview and said I'd love to have him back to finish out the uh stories of 2020, because I just think it's very fascinating, and to talk about what's next for him, which I do know what's next because we talked about it. It's actually very interesting, um, the point where he's at in his life and the decisions that he's making, but I will save that for part two, which we will determine when that will be. You know, uh, part of the creativity of this podcast is being able to bring you different things. And my goal every time you come to an episode is that not only do you recognize more of you being unapologetically you, because that is my message, but it is that you you learn, you think, or you reflect on something a little bit differently and you gain A deeper or broader perspective on something because that is how we come together in humanity that's how we appreciate the human experience is the fact that we are all on a journey to personal growth and learning together we are doing this in community okay so that is the goal uh, Shane is just a fascinating human being. I, I appreciated meeting him on my journey. And I just respect so much of the kinds of things that he shared that are very, you know, personal. And um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. So if I had to say, you know, what what is the takeaway from this episode, what would I encourage you as a result of everything you've heard today from Shane? It would be uh, gratitude. What are you grateful for? And what have you reflected on in terms of your experiences that has made you appreciate something differently. Shane had quite a few moments, very pivotal ones that made him think differently about how to approach something and how to appreciate even the most difficult things in his life. And so I would I would invite you to acknowledge and appreciate The moments, even the hard ones, including the relationships that have brought you to where you are and make you feel grateful for everything that you've learned. And we talked about how, Shane and I, offline, it's not that we experience failures. Experience either teach us, have us experience successes or learning, these teachable moments. And if we can think of life in that way, that there are lessons in every experience, even the tough ones, we'll be better off for it. And I hope that that is a mindset shift or reminder for you today. Don't agonize in the things that have been painful, that have been traumatizing. Understand the lessons that maybe it's still taking you time to learn so that you can make peace and that you can move forward. I hope that you enjoyed Shane's great storytelling today. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Tune in again for the next episode Celebrate with me. Enjoy this moment of episode 75 and join me for episode 76 next time. Thanks for being here. Share this episode.